Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Thank you so much for joining me here on episode number 204 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. I have an awesome question and topic that I'm going to be discussing today having to do with copying the pros and their strategy, tactics, and patterns, and really kind of their personalities when it comes to putting together points and matches. Really, really quickly before we get to that, I want to thank a couple of people. Number one, CJ Flaherty, I believe, on iTunes for leaving me a review of the podcast. I appreciate that. And also several people that commented on EssentialTennis.com about the last episode of the podcast. And those people are Paula, Michael, Sang, Frank, Redbird, Ben, and Shakti. Thank you all so much for participating and giving me some feedback and also for leaving that review on iTunes. I really appreciate it. All of those things very, very much. All right, let's go ahead and get to today's topic and episode. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's go ahead and get right down to business here. Today's topic comes to us from Ron Miller. And if you're not familiar with who that is, you need to be. He submitted a question to me about pro players and copying their styles and their patterns. And the reason why you should be familiar with that name is he is another tennis podcaster. And I know he he did not submit his question to me for the show looking for a plug for his podcast. But I'm going to give him one anyway because it is an excellent show and you, you really should be listening to it if you're listening to my podcast. So go to iTunes and do a search for Gotta Play Tennis. That's G-O-T-T-A, Gotta Play Tennis. Definitely different format, different style than my show, but very entertaining and, and fun to listen to. And, and Ron really does a great job. So Ron wrote to me and said, Hello, Ian. Tennis players take away inspiration from watching the pros. I know myself that after watching a professional tennis event, I cannot wait until my feet finally touch the court, my racket strikes the ball, and my muscles feel the burn. But many recreational players limit their scope of view, missing out on the plethora, good word, of styles on the pro tour and find themselves dependent on what they can learn from only only very few players who make the semis or finals of a tournament. How valuable do you think it would be to categorize a multitude of professional styles of play and then advise students based on similar patterns of stroke production from pros whose styles most closely match that of the students? In other words, should we identify the inherent similarities of our students to the pros and guide them towards inspiration and emulation of a certain pro on the tour? Uh, For example, do we have... uh, yeah. Do we have one student study the shot making and variety of an Andy Murray while we lead another to the grinding baseline style of Rafael Nadal? Everyone wants to provide skills that are that make a well-rounded player, but 
players do tend to align themselves with individual styles that fit the physical, mental, tactical, and creative aspects of their game. Do we as instructors attempt to mold the student to a style we think will most benefit the player, or do we limit the scope of focus to what strengths we identify from experience for the long term in the player that is actually before us? All right. So really, really, really interesting topic and and question, Ron, uh, one I'm definitely going to be happy to talk about, and especially interesting to me because this is something I've actually been thinking a lot about recently because I have been preparing a single strategy clinic that I'm going to be doing in a, in a couple of weeks. It's all filled up already and everybody's all set to come and and I'm really looking forward to that a lot and trying to decide for myself how to go about teaching single strategy and and adding into that style or personality or strengths and weaknesses of individual players is something that I I really haven't 100% ironed out within my own brain yet how I feel about that and where within the teaching um where within the you know setting up a curriculum for a student where that that exactly fits in so so I've been I've been thinking about that anyway uh Ron which is why I really find your your question interesting and I'm going to start, I've, got, I've really got four main points that I want to make here. First of all, most recreational players, in my experience, and when I say recreational players, I'm talking about just your average player, whether it be at a club or whether it be at a public park, court, you know, facility, wherever. So, so Ron, I'm talking about your average student and my average student when you and I walk out onto the court to, to give a lesson. Most recreational players don't have patterns yet. I put patterns in quotations. Ron is, Ron is asking if I think that we should be teaching our students to watch patterns of professional players that align closely with what their strengths and weaknesses happen to be. And the first point I want to make in answering Ron's question is that most players that I see, whether they're my students or not, if I'm just watching people play, at my local public courts, or if it's a student that I've worked with, usually when I start working with a student for the first time, they don't have set patterns of play yet. And so if they do win a match, it's, it's due to a couple of possibility, possible things. They're, they're, they're trying to just out-hit their opponents by striking the ball harder and more aggressively. So trying to force errors by hitting the ball better, you know, quote-unquote better. And, but hitting, a, hitting a tennis ball better to most tennis players means harder. Or maybe they try to play it super, super safe. They just go for a high margin over the top of the net, and they, they aim for the middle of the court, and they just try to outlast their opponent. Obviously a really, really common tactical approach to the game by recreational players. Or they, they just win by playing luck. They really don't have any particular goal in mind for each uh, particular shot, for each specific shot. They're, they're just hitting shots. And th- this is incredibly common among recreational tennis players. They're just hitting shots. The ball comes to them and they hit whatever comes to them. Oh, this is a forehand ground stroke. Oh, this is a, a short backhand. Oh, this is a, a backhand volley. Oh, oh, here comes an overhead. And there's no rhyme or reason behind why they hit each particular shot 
in any certain way. They're just hitting shots. And so really, if you want to be strict about it, any, any match that they win is just plain luck because there's no plan behind it. They happen to come out on top, but for no real reason. And so to be totally honest about it and truthful about it, it's a lucky win. I, and I'm not saying that to be, uh, you know, to talk down to any particular player or group of players. I'm not saying that disparagingly. I, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> and that's just how it is. That's just how it is for a pretty good chunk of, of tennis players. And my goal and Ron's goal is to help players get out of that. And I know Ron is very familiar with what I'm talking about. Now, my number one goal with a student working on single strategy, this is my, my second point out of four here, is to learn what a smart shot is, what a dumb shot is, and my goal is to help them pick smart shots more times than not. And there, there are so many variables that go into play within each point scenario, within each point situation, within a singles point that ultimately you know lead up to this target in general is a smart place to go. This target in general is not a smart place to go. And so educating my students on which is which and why, for you know me personally, and if, if, you, if you listen to any of my podcasts, you know that that for me explaining the reason why is incredibly important for for understanding in my, within my students if they can understand the reason why and it makes sense then they can more more often than not hopefully start to make the right choices and start to be smart about how they play their points and how they structure their singles points now because of this i'll typically point my students towards pros that have a very quote-unquote, by-the-book game. So a player that really does not deviate very often from that type of, those types of choices. And I, I'm, I'm not in this show, I am not going to get into what smart choices are or what dumb choices are or why. Uh, you know, that already, those topics already occupy many, many different shows that I've done on the Essential Tennis Podcast. And I, I will do, I will talk more about it in the future. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but suffice it to say that uh, initially, I will definitely point my students towards, if possible, watching a player that plays very, very by the book and almost kind of a boring style of tennis. They will, a very, a very, very high percentage of the time, just select the high percentage shot. And I'm not saying that this is a pusher or maybe even necessarily a counterpuncher, although this is really, I'm kind of describing a counterpuncher type style, but it's just a player that takes very few risks and that's how they win most of their matches. And that's a really smart way to play. And it's always my goal to get my students to learn how to play that way first before worrying about weapons, before worrying about offense. Because if you don't have a pretty solid foundation in terms of understanding and execution when it comes to just the basics of strategy, then in my opinion, try, trying to immediately go to the fun, you know, what most players consider the fun part, attacking and offense and trying to win points instead of waiting for our opponents to, to miss shots, uh, in my opinion, uh, trying to skip over the foundation and going to the more fun part is a mistake and something that a lot of players do. And as a result, do not have any kind of solid, steady, high percentage game plan that they can fall back on at any given uh, point in a match. 
so when I make when I describe that type of player, the person really the player that comes to mind for me right away is David Ferrer, somebody who's very much by the book, very predictable, and that's how he wins. I, now don't get me wrong, clearly he's able to create offense and he has weapons, but that's not like the hallmark of his playing style is a huge forehand or a huge serve or a huge anything. He's just very, very, very solid, very smart, very steady. And so I think he's a great player initially to try to watch and study and and emulate the choices that he makes. Okay, so point number three that I want to make is only after a student has made it through my first two points. You know, my my first point was most recreational players don't have patterns. Point number two, my number one goal with a new student is to work on strategy the basics, the fundamentals, what's smart, what's dumb, and start picking smart shots. Point number three, only after that, only after the previous point has been accomplished, does goal number two come into play, and that is add personality to the equation. So that means setting up patterns around their favorite shot or their strongest shot. If their strength is their forehand, only only once they have a nice solid foundation of being steady and working working the point knowing the percentages knowing you know what's high percentage what's low percentage only then will I start showing them all right now here's how you work a point and set yourself up for your favorite shot your strongest shot or here's how you set up a point to avoid your weak your weakness whatever your weakest shot is or here's how you work patterns that are fun for you based on your personality. Different p- people have different personalities, and more often than not, those personalities really transfer over to the tennis court and lend certain players to being certain types of players based on their personality, whether that uh, be more attacking or more defensive or more of a counterpunch type player, etc. And from there, I could definitely see matching a student to a pro player, Ron, at, at that point in time. Uh, once I've, I've made that foundation and they've got that, and then we start moving on towards personalizing their abilities for the player. You know, here's your strengths, here's your weaknesses, here's how you set up points around those, those different things. At that point in time, I could definitely see trying to think, okay, now... Now we're starting to learn about what makes this person unique, what their strengths and weaknesses are, what their favorite patterns are, what their personality is like. At that point in time, I could see looking to the ATP or, or, or WTA tour and say, now what player really closely matches those different elements? And that's a very unique thing. And if you can find a, a pro player that's very close to that, then I think watching and studying that could definitely be beneficial. So, at the, at the end of the day, you know, kind of in conclusion here, and this is my, my last point, I think that matching a student to a pro player could be dangerous initially. If it's early on in a player's career and very early in the process of them learning how to play tennis, and I don't even mean how to swing, swing the racket. And, you know, I, I'm not even talking about technique. When I say how to play tennis, I'm talking about those foundational things, learning what's smart, learning what's dumb. I mean, that's, ba- that's basically, in a very small nutshell, that's, that's what that means. Uh, I, I think before that foundation has been laid, 
having students watch, and I mean, they're going to watch players anyway, but purposefully telling them to watch a certain player, I think could be dangerous because as you know, Ron, and as everybody else listening knows, it's very easy to get excited about the shot making that we see on TV. And there's a flair to it. And, you know, their athleticism uh, applied w- within whatever patterns that they're using. And, they're, you know, their big weapons and ability to create offense. It's, it's so easy to watch that and get excited about it and then go out and try to emulate that before even having the skills to, to construct a point wisely in the first place. And so I think that is dangerous. So I, I would... Uh, to answer your question, Ron, I would personally, it's my personal opinion that uh, I would caution you and, and anybody else listening that, that teaches from telling students on purpose to, to watch and emulate and try to copy certain players, even if you think that their personality and their shot making and their strengths and weaknesses really closely you know, aligns with your student if it's early on in their development as, as a tennis player, if they've already been studying the game for, for several years and you know that they have a solid cognitive understanding of what is smart and what is dumb, then I think going beyond that and starting to add personality to the mix can obviously be very, very beneficial. So it really kind of depends on each individual player and where they are in their development as a tennis player. So that's my answer, Ron. Hopefully uh, that makes sense. And obviously I'd be uh, curious to see uh, what you think, Ron. So, and everybody else listening as well, uh, go back to EssentialTennis.com, click on podcast, or you can just go to EssentialTennis.com slash podcast. This is episode number 204. So go to episode 204 and leave your thoughts, any other follow-up questions that you might have for me in the comments below that episode. I'd love to see what you think both Ron and everybody else listening. And uh, again, definitely check out Ron's podcast. Very, very worthwhile. And his show is Gotta Play Tennis. G-O-T-T-A, Gotta Play Tennis. So check that out on iTunes. So Ron, thank you very much for taking the time to submit your question. Excellent topic. And uh, I look forward to your uh, show continuing. And I hope that you continue to enjoy mine as well. Best of luck to you. it for episode number 204 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for your attention. Whenever you happen to be listening to this episode, those are are really two of the most valuable things that you could possibly give me. You you gave me part of your time today when, when you listened to my voice and you listened to this episode. I can't remember who it was, but I heard somebody describing another podcaster describing this recently. And that's such a valuable thing. You know, as, as humans, we, we all have very limited amounts of time within our life to do what we want, to try to accomplish what we want to accomplish, to try to help other people and, and make a difference. And you chose to, to spend some of your time today listening to me and what I had to say. So I, I really, I deeply appreciate that. I, I really do. And, uh, and thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave me some comments at essentialtennis.com slash podcast on episode number 204. And if you could also leave me a review on the iTunes music store, I would really appreciate that as well. So that does it for this week. Again, thanks for listening. And I'll be talking to you again very soon. 
take care and good luck with your tennis.